Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. Joining us here for episode 62. Happy to have you here joining us uh, for this episode. I'm Tom, joined as always by Jim. Jim, how are you? I am doing well. How about yourself, Tom? Awesome. Excited to connect today with you this week, uh, record this episode. Lots of stuff happening in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, lots of WWE-related uh content on the docket for us today which is a departure from the last few weeks uh, but they've been making some news so uh I, I almost was gonna say they deserve us to talk about them that would have been a stretch that's yeah that's a stretch i don't know about deserve but um they uh it seems right that we should spend a little time chatting about them um we'll get to aew again probably next week uh tom you're a little uh, behind on the AEW show from this week, so we don't want to uh, to spoil that, although you've seen a little bit of it. I will say one quick AEW comment, since you have seen the Punk promo. Um, Daniel Garcia and Punk obviously have a match scheduled for Rampage here on, on Friday, which I thought it was a little bit weird that Punk said, I'm going to wrestle for you tonight, and then said Friday on Rampage, which we all know Rampage is taped, but I just it was... There it was, was a fun. weird continuity piece to that. I agree with right. you. Uh, but Garcia this weekend, he wrestled Davey Richards last night at Beyond Wrestling. He also has Punk then, quote-unquote, tonight, Friday night, on Rampage. Of course, it was recorded Wednesday, whatever. But then Saturday and Sunday, he faces Alex Shelley for another company. I'm sorry, I don't have them in front of me. And then he, the next day, he faces Minoru Suzuki. So four nights, the guy gets Davey Richards, CM Punk, Alex Shelley, and Minoru Suzuki Garcia's got himself a coming out party coming on this weekend, I think. Yeah, you know, I think we talked about Daniel Garcia before. And, like, if there was a wrestler that you can invest in, like, stock, he's a guy that I think that you definitely would want to. Uh, the question for me will be, is it going to be a year from now, two years from now, or three years from now where he really, like, hits? And, again, and that's not to say he's not hitting now. He clearly is. But, like, I think he's only, like, growing in what he'll become because of all these opportunities, which is kind of cool. Absolutely. I, I I was thinking this morning for whatever reason as I was kind of prepping in my head for this podcast, and um, which I actually did for a couple of minutes, which is probably more than either of us have prepped for this in, in some time, I think. Um, and I'm, I put myself right on that. I'm not calling anybody out. Um, it's but, our uh, research team. They really need to follow the sword here. Just, man, crackpot, if anything. Um, but... Uh, you know, there's been trios titles rumored for quite a while in AEW, and hopefully those will hold off a little while. Um, there's more things going on. Don't want to say too much. But um, Daniel Garcia and 2.0 would make a lot of sense as trios champs at some point down the road if that does happen. And if you ever, and if I ever thought that I would say that 2.0 would win titles in a major wrestling organization, I would tell you you were crazy because I am not a huge 2.0 fan. But that would actually work for me. So we'll see. Maybe down the road, maybe that comes in 22 or further. We'll see. I don't know. The Bucks seem to be making a lot of noise about wanting trios titles. That might just be them trolling a little bit too. Who knows? Because they do enjoy doing that. But Super Click. Super Click makes a lot of sense also. Super Click or Super Elite, as uh, uh, Tony and JR called them on. Which well, I was like, that, that was the four of them, right? So the, the four, four of them, them are the right. super elite. We have 19 elite. different names for this possible Right, faction. yep. So you're the elite, you're the uh, super click, and then you're the super elite. So all the iterations. <laughs> right. And then the uh, the elite click. We have to figure out who those people are. <laughs> um, I will say, last AEW thing, because you have seen it, 
holy cow on the eight man tag. We'll talk uh, more about that in a week. Fun. So. Lots of fun. Lots that of fun. was crazy, crazy. Yeah. Well, uh, we are going to talk some WWE. They had the WWE draft that started a week ago and ended on Monday. Um, first know, gripe. First gripe. I'm going to start with the gripe, getting it out of the way. Okay. And, 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 and let me not say it's the first because it may not be the only. Let me just say how frustrating. Say only, so you're all right. <laughs> yeah. Let me just say how frustrating it is, at least from the way I process the draft, for them to go, we're holding the draft. But these rosters don't go into effect for three weeks. Okay, come on. You control that, right? You control this. So why? what was the point of doing it now? Is it because the SmackDown season premieres tonight? Which still doesn't make sense because the draft rosters don't apply yet. Um, I don't know. It's just I didn't like that. I didn't really like that at all. And I, and, and I understand, like, maybe be, you did that because, hey, we have Crown Jewel and we have things that may have guys who are on different brands, gals on different brands, intersecting. Still, it, uh, it irked me. It irked me. Do the draft on October 22nd then. And you, 20, you whatever the Monday would be after that. Uh, you know, 25th, I guess that'd be. It is the 25th, um, yeah. Yeah, well, just do it then. I, okay. And now maybe they're a little concerned that on October 22nd, when these new rosters take effect, half of their roster might not be here because they're still stuck on a plane in Saudi Arabia. But hey, that only happened once before. So you never Nailed know. It. It. Yeah. So the the only, and again, maybe this will come together when they have SmackDown and Raw this coming week. The only way that I think they could like justify that statement would be, all right, so now you've got guys who have three weeks left to settle their grudges before they move on. Or gals. Like, if you did that, okay, as a viewer, I want to tune in a little bit more, and I want to watch some of this stuff more than I already do. But you haven't done that for us yet. No, and in fact, yet again, <laughs> they take whole feuds and shift shows. Seth Rollins and Edge, we just moved that to Raw. Um, you know, we do that again. Well, and, and again, how cool would it have been? And, and again, this is this takes long-term planning and patience to not do that, to not put Rollins and Edge on the same brand. Now, I understand Rollins and Becky are going to be together. They're husband and wife. That's that does them, that makes a lot of sense. Just like Bianca Belair and the Prophets need to be on the same brand. Charlotte and Andrade. Never mind. Maybe not. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but oh yeah. Uh, anyhow, if you had, so let's, let's just play this out before we talk about where the, where the talent shook out. You don't keep Rollins and Edge together because you know, we, if you're paying attention, which I believe they think that fans are or not, or aren't perhaps, um, they, you separate them. And then the next time they would interact would be the rumble. How cool would that be? How electric there would that may be? Maybe Survivor Series if there's a Raw versus SmackDown, right? Sure, sure. But then the idea is that you know if they interacted in the Rumble, you go, okay, they have an issue. I know they're two different brands, but guess what? We're gonna have a Raw versus SmackDown or Rollins versus Edge on WrestleMania. I don't know. It doesn't seem to be that hard. <laughs> oh, that could be WWE's like. Tagline. It shouldn't be that hard. Um, yeah. What is that? What is the thing at the beginning now where it's like WWE? It's not WWE forever. Isn't it then now forever? No, that was before. No, yeah, it's something different. It actually, I actually laughed about, laughed at it last week when I saw it. Like, I don't, it, it ends together. WWE together. Oh, it could be. I always fast forward past that open thing. So fair. I mean, you want, you've seen it once, you've seen it all. They, the woo is gone. Poor Ric Flair. Yeah, 
the cancel of Ric Flair is, you know, is in full effect still. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but like, um, instead of having together, WWE together, a different tagline, and, and it was going to be, a, you know, a shot at them for whatever they're doing here. Sorry, it's 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 uh, it's early. Uh, the coffee's still flowing. You may be able to tell with my energy, but my thoughts are all over the place. Welcome to Two Spot Monkeys Live. Right. If you've never listened to us before, <laughs> this is what we do. Um, that's right. Uh, so I, I don't want to go round by round, and I don't even have the round by round in front of me. I just have the rosters in front of me, um, and I think you do as well, Tom. Um, anything stand out? So, so one of the things that stood out to me, I hate when we do this. I get it, but it happens every draft. We draft one champion from a division, whether that's tag, women's, world, whatever, to the other brand. And then the next night we draft, or sometimes even the next pick. Like in in the men's championships, they just got that right out of the way. There was no drama. There was no nothing. Reigns, Big E, we're done. Good. That's where the champions are staying. Um, So a way to not create any sort of drama at all. Uh, I remember when there was an undisputed champion, Brock Lesnar, who got drafted to SmackDown and there was a week or so of drama around, Oh my gosh, what's raw going to do? They don't have a world champion. He's exclusive to SmackDown. That was cool. I was wondering what they were going to do. And then they created a title and handed it to triple H, which was stupid. Um, like they had a great opportunity to tell a fun story and crap the bed. Um, but welcome to WWE. But, um, so we did that this time with the women's division. We moved Charlotte Flair over to SmackDown. There's stories out there that Fox wanted Charlotte on SmackDown, whatever, fine. Um, and then we just, on Monday, Becky tells everybody she's the number one pick before. And I love how the commentators tried to like, well, now that's not official. Nothing's ever been officially said. We don't know for sure. And with the first pick, Raw takes Becky Lynch. Like Again, so Becky says she's the first pick. Your commentators say it's not official. Like, we'll see what happens. Maybe don't make her the first pick. I know she should be. I get it. But again, you're just telling a story. It's not real. So it's not, oh my gosh, we didn't take Becky. Now SmackDown's going to steal her. Let, let a little drama play out. Let Becky be all mad that she didn't get picked in the first round. I don't think that hurts Becky. I think it actually plays into her character. And and you even have Adam Pearson and Sonya Deville say something like, well, you're a huge star. Absolutely. You're the top of the, but they're kind of, they don't really want to deal with your attitude. Okay. And then she gets taken in the second round, maybe, or maybe even the third. Um, you know, and, and both brands are letting her drop because they're just tired of dealing with big time Bex or big, big bucks Bex or whatever it is she's calling herself now. I think it's big time Bex. That makes more sense than big bucks Bex. Um. Well, and so for in, in that space of continuity, right? So they come out with the, with the draft cards already, right? So like, they aren't even telling us, hey, these picks were made backstage and now we're just coming out to announce them. They're acting as if they're alive, right? That kills it for me because if you've watched any draft in the history of a draft, that's not how it works. The commissioner, the person announcing picks doesn't come to the stage with four picks loaded up, ready to go, right? So connect those dots for us, WWE. That's a little bit frustrating because then there's a little bit more drama. Like, And, and, and to your point, you could then react to the pick before that. And as opposed to just saying, oh, okay, well, you know, in response to that pick, the the Fox executives now draft 
Right. Which they've done in the past with like when Mick Foley was raw and Daniel Bryan and Shane were um, Mick and Stephanie, I sorry, were raw and Daniel Bryan and Shane were SmackDown when they kind of reinstituted the split. Um, you know, and they had a red and a blue um, podium up there and they went back and forth with picks. And so you got that reaction from each side. Now, we're, we don't have a GM on each show and I'm OK with that because I think that got overplayed quite a bit. But you could still have like making picks for Raw. Adam Pierce is going to make the picks for Raw, and Sonya Deville is going to make the picks for SmackDown. You know, they're they're both co whatever WWE officials or whatever, but they're going to do that. Okay, so then you could do exactly what you just said, and 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 Sonya could do okay if you're going to do the the Roman Reigns Big E thing or the Charlotte Becky thing. Sonya takes Roman number one, and Adam Pierce goes, well, I got to make sure we got a men's champion, so Big E. You're coming to Raw, you know, you're staying on Raw, whatever. Coming to Raw, because it really wasn't on Raw. He was a SmackDown talent. He just won the WWE title. They never really clarified that. Um, now they have. He's on Raw. And they broke up the New Day again. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I, it, we're asking for too much logic. I realize that. I really do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, one so, thing I will say. Go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish your thought. I I was just gonna it was gonna be a little bit of a pivot. So to and we've talked about this a little bit within our group of friends, but if you look at the two rosters, like SmackDown is a little light at top on the men's side, especially. Um and, and even on the women's side, there's a bunch of heels over there. Um not a lot of baby faces at this point, although they could um change that, obviously, and, and flip people or um, but but on the men's side, especially like Roman's there, Drew McIntyre's there, Sheamus. Uh, you know, I mean, when you start talking about world title contenders, Kofi, Kofi, maybe. But I feel like they're going to leave him in the tag division, right? You know, right. my assumption. Um, yeah. You know, you strap a a rocket to Isaiah Swerve Scott. I doubt it. Uh, Jinder Mahal. I happy. I'm with- I'm, I'm with you. So I'm glad we're talking to start on SmackDown because that's what that was going to be my kind of pre- also trying to go. All right. So let's let's just look roster by roster and kind of name some of the things that we saw, some of the talents that might have changed. You, you named Swerve Scott right off the bat, right? So Hit Row, the entire faction, Scott, Top Dollar, Adonis, and B-Fab all get drafted. If I'm not mistaken, they were the first NXT talent of any sort to to get picked last friday night i believe so right so that's kind of cool right and and the weird part for me in this is i don't think that they were done in nxt by any means but making that moving them to smackdown they they are fresh and they have been one of the more enjoyable acts and parts of nxt Pre 2.0 and post 2.0, even though we're still in the infancy stage. So I'm excited for that opportunity here on SmackDown um, and for for them. I think Sore Scott ends up getting lost in the shuffle, unfortunately. I don't see him being a top-tier talent. Not that he can't be. He has the ability. He can talk. He can perform. I think his size is what's going to stop him because of the WWE mindset. I, I think... I wouldn't be stunned if a year from now, Top Dollar is the only one that's still employed. And I hate that because I think Swerve has star written all over him. I think Adonis has something there. 
Um, and BFAB is so early into her in-ring career that I just, I don't think it's even fair to really, I mean, I've seen her twice, I think, in the ring, if I remember right. Um, she won like a squash match and then had that no holds, uh, no DQ match last week with Electra um, a week ago. Maybe there's been another in-ring, but but not much from BFAB in the ring yet. So super early. And, and we'll see if they even use her as an in-ring talent on SmackDown or does she just part of the entourage of, of Hit Row. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Hit Row gets used. I agree. There, There's a lot of potential with Hit Row on SmackDown. We'll see if they actually tap into it. Um, sticking with NXT guys for a second, um, and I know you definitely think that uh, Vinny Mac is a big fan of one Ridge Holland. Um, again, who I don't, interesting because I just don't think he really hadn't even gotten going in NXT yet. I mean, he just started a year ago or so, got himself hurt or year, more than a year ago now. Um, you know, unfortunately had a really bad injury and was out for a long time. Now he just fairly recently returned. And honestly, his win-loss record on NXT has not been great. Um, I was looking at that the other day. Pretty much if he faces anybody with a name, he's been getting beat, which has been weird on NXT because I feel like you could have been building him up. Um but maybe they already knew he was leaving and just decided, well, there's not much point in building him up too much if, you know, he's going to be gone in a month. That that absolutely could be the uh, the thought process there. Because why would you want him to be strong when he moves on to SmackDown? Just make sure he's a loser. Um, Jim, Jim, you're forgetting the, the mega point here. No one watches both shows. So whatever happened, whatever happened before he showed up on SmackDown didn't happen or no one's going to remember. Well, and nobody watches all of the shows. I'll bet WWE thinks that there's actually like 5 million people that are different people that are watching WWE shows on any given week. But that's when you add together Raw, SmackDown, and uh, NXT on any given week. And I don't even know if I'm, I'm making that number up. Um, it may not even be 5 million when you add those three viewerships together. They don't think anybody watches all of them. Um, so you're right. Rich, a, name, a name we didn't mention that that is, that is exciting but I temper my excitement, Cesaro. I think, we, you know, we, we we saw a little bit of what he's capable of. We, we've known, because we know him back from when he was Claudio Castagnoli. But we saw earlier in the year with the feud with Seth Rollins, what he's capable of and the, top of t the, the type of top-level talent he is. He already has kind of hung with Roman Reigns, and that feud kind of did happen. However, Cesaro... <laughs> did happen. Yes. <laughs> Ces did. <laughs> Cesaro Drew McIntyre sounds attractive on paper. Cesaro Ridge Holland on paper sounds attractive. Uh, run back Cesaro and Roman. Yeah. So, heck, I mean, and not that they couldn't have done this because they're both there already. Cesaro and Nakamura. Cesaro and Swerve Scott. That would be really good. Yep. Um, Cesaro's a really good base for those who are a little more High flying, although Swerve isn't as high flying as he might look like he is. Um, he can do high flying stuff, but it's that's not he's not a ricochet type or somebody uh, who also got moved over to SmackDown. We'll see. Maybe they can do something with Ricochet finally too. Um, I feel like he's just been start and stop his entire WWE career, even including NXT in some ways. Um, I am excited to see Zia Lee on the main roster. I think it'll be interesting to see her as well. And I know we're picking on NXT people here a lot, but hey. They're the new faces. So, um, although I again feel like the Tian Shaw thing hadn't really run its course yet either with her, um, 
and and I just think Boa and Mi Ying, I, I don't think that's going to go anywhere on 2.0 now. Like, it's there, but I think losing Xia takes a lot of the steam off of Tian Cha. Um, we'll see. Uh, Mei Ying, who is really Karen Q, is actually a pretty darn good worker. So we'll see, you know, if they actually let her work, but the, with her character, I don't know how you do that. So we talked about that a couple of weeks ago when she had her debut match and now hasn't touched the ring since, basically. Uh, and they're trying to make Boa a thing. And yeah, I don't think it's going to work with Boa. <laughs> um, just my opinion. They're trying to make Boa a thing. You know, I have to give them, I, I don't know if credit's credit's a strong word, um, but um, with the way they're just throwing 50 million new people on NXT 2.0 on any given week, they're trying to find what's sticking. You know, they're seeing who they need to keep and who they can move on from. And so kudos to that, because there's a ton of people they haven't used, obviously. And so now they're seeing what do they got? Um, I think some of these folks are going to be pretty short-lived on the, on the 2.0 roster, but uh, you know, eh, they're figuring it out or, or they could be figuring it out. I was like, you're maybe. You're I'm <laughs> Let's look at raw a little bit, Tom. Um, you know, big time Bex, Biggie, Bel Air coming over to raw, I think is, is again, but again, you're moving the Becky Bianca thing. Just move what shows. We're not doing anything new there. Um, so to me, that that gives all that tells me for one hundred percent sure is that a crown jewel, Sasha Banks is not winning the title. Bianca could, I don't think she is. Um, spoiler alert for our upcoming picks for crown jewel down the road here. But uh, I, I guess in some ways, maybe that's good. Maybe it's not because if if Bianca stayed on SmackDown and Sasha stayed on SmackDown, and Charlotte Flair's on SmackDown, then that match is a complete foregone conclusion on Crown Jewel. Now, I guess, at least with the three-way, you have the, well, I guess it's for the Raw women's title now instead of the SmackDown, because we'll just change the names on the titles, because why do anything interesting with them? Um, the, the, the titles are color-coded, Jim, so watch out. Well, last year, though, at the draft, the last draft, the New Day and... Profits, I think, just swapped. Profits, just literally handed each other their titles. Now, I don't know if I can see Becky and Charlotte doing that, but it'll probably just happen off screen. And yeah, I, I kind of hate that too. Like, hey, if your SmackDown Women's Champion gets drafted to, to Raw, strip her the title. Do a tournament, crown a new champion. Just because the Raw Women's Champion came over, she's the Raw Women's Champion. If she can't defend it on Raw, then you strip her of that title. Do two women's title tournaments. Make the Queen's Crown tournament for the title, for one of the titles. I don't know. I just... Again, spitballing here, coming up with ideas that sound better than anything WWE's doing, where they just hand titles over. Like, geez, Louise. Um, I got to tell you, the, the person I'm most excited for on Raw, Veer, getting a chance for a singles run on his own. <laughs> what in the name of... <laughs> See you on main event, Veer. No doubt. Maybe they'll do, well, you know, no, Vince is going to try something with him, I think. I don't. I don't think they split that him off for no reason. Now, do I think it's wise? Do I think it'll work? Do I think Veer's the next big thing? No. But I gotta think they split him for a reason, and that they're actually going to try to do something with Veer. I maybe he will be the main event monster. I don't know. Um, gosh, did I just give him a nickname? Look out. Um, 
Well, so we in the, so on Raw, we talked on SmackDown about how we don't necessarily foresee the the top level title scene being like really full. In my opinion, Raw is the exact opposite. So I did a quick like just just looked at the the list and jotted some names down. So you've got Biggie, of course, as your world champion. I think we both would hope and believe Biggie is getting a, a long sustained run. Um, and maybe maybe there's a fluke title loss, but he gets the belt back shortly thereafter. But here are the guys that I think are definitely already in the main event, kind of like title contention, and could have great kind of feuds or matches with Big E. AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, Edge, Finn Balor, Randy Orton, and then Bobby Lash is at the bottom of the list only because he's just been the guy that's been unseated. And then I would say there's a, 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 a subgroup of guys that maybe aren't world title ready yet. And one of them is like the biggest surprise of the draft that over the next year, it's going to be fun to watch how they play out. Damian Priest, who's already being elevated. Yep. Karrion Cross, who should be better than what he is. And I, just like you said, Veer, there's an opportunity to Veer, there's an opportunity to Cross, but we've not seen that executed well yet the video i've seen a couple of the video packages they've done over the last couple of weeks with cross and it's what they should have done before he came in so now they still need to get the goofy gladiator stupid you know demolition cross thing going off of him but they're doing a little more character development video wise with him so maybe they're course correcting a little on cross i hope it's not too late but i don't think it is yeah the next guy was bearcat lee keith lee so hopefully Again, you don't give him the Bearcat name, and there's that history there to not begin to give him the opportunity. And again, you and I probably are like our, our appetites for Keith Lee are insatiable, right? And especially with what what he's dealt with in the last year, navigating health, you know, a health crisis for lack of a better term. I, you know, I just feel for the talent for the guy who seems to be just huge-hearted guy, you know, all in wrestling for all the right reasons you know, overcomes adversity. Here's one more chapter to that story. And then here's the big one. And again, this was like the the big surprise of the entire draft and it happens late on the show on Monday. And that's Gable Steveson, uh, NCAA champion. I mean, that's a pretty bold move. Like, and again, not that I would have expected him to go to NXT by any means because of the name and because like you think of the past of the Brock Lesnar's of the world, the Shelton Benjamins of the world, so on and so forth. Stevenson kind of follows that trajectory, perhaps. So they, were, they went to OBW first, though. They did, right? So that's the thing. They did have they did have a developmental process. I mean, clearly Gable Stevenson is going to go down and be at the Performance Center, even if he's on Raw. But that guy's got to be greener than grass in terms of the pro wrestling world. So to have him kind of be on the Raw roster, kind of from day one. They're, it's interesting. They're they're looking at him as their next Kurt Angle. I mean, there's no question in my mind. That's what they're hoping. Um, and, I, and I hope they're right. I mean, because Kurt Angle is awesome. So, you know, I hope they're right about Stevenson. Uh, I, I'd put Riddle in that group as well as a potential person who could. And, and Kevin Owens even too. Um, although, you know, they booked Owens so terribly over the last number of years that but I don't think it would be hard to get him hot if you wanted to. I completely overlooked Kevin Owens. And also because of the rumors out there about him being potentially done in December, I kind of already resigned myself to the fact that he's out of here. Yeah. But who knows? Right. But WWE, if they wanted to, 
could get Kevin Owens hot. They could. It's he's, he's absolutely got it. But I agree. And and if he is planning on leaving the end of the year, then yeah, then he's just going to be putting people over pretty much. Did um, you see the 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 rumor? Rumor may be the wrong terminology that they were thinking of splitting up the street profits. I did, and I actually thought they were going to. Um, they were the most likely team in my eyes to get split up. Um, part partially because I saw Montez Ford coming to Raw, regardless because Bianca was coming to Raw. So you know, um, this time they you know, sometimes they've done this where they've split couples, and it's like like Vince is just doing that to test them or something. Um, this time they didn't. They kept couples together. Um, going back to Keith Lee, Mia Yim also comes over to Raw. Um, they're they're engaged or married. I can't. I know they got engaged. I can't remember if they've been mar- gotten married yet. But um, they put that out there publicly, so we're not you know divulging any sort of secrets like you and I know anything that people don't, other people don't know. But um, <laughs> but um, I, I had seen that and. I actually would have been okay with it, to be honest. If they could have done it in a creative way, I think Angelo Dawkins could have been the one who got gets lost in the shuffle. He could be the Marty Jannetty. You know, if you go back to the old uh, the Rockers adage that gets used when teams break up, I think Ford has got star written on him. Um, I don't know that I see Dawkins as a single star. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. Um, and I think they might yet split on Raw, but yes, I had seen that. Interesting the teams they did break up, they broke up Natalia and Tamina. They broke up um, Veer from Jinder and Shanky. Um, they broke up Mason T-Bar. There's a guy who um, T-Bar is on Raw now. I've seen some things that say he may go back to Dominic uh, Dijakovic. Is that? No. Yeah, Dijakovic. Yeah was yeah. his name in, in NXT. Dominic Dijak was his name in ROH. Okay. I was trying to remember which one was ROH name and which one was his uh and it was Don that wasn't Donovan Dijak. I think it was Donovan Dijak and now he's Dominic Dijakovic. <laughs> Good lord. But there's a guy who's got a ton of potential. Oh my gosh. Yeah. A ton of potential and he's big. So Vince should like him because well, he's big and he can move. And man, let him and Keith Lee do their thing uh again. Not that Keith Lee's been on a, on the South trajectory since this time, but you look at both of those guys, and they had they had the match they had at Takeover Portland, which was right before the pandemic started, and like you could arguably say those guys, the future is so bright, and then you look where we are now, <laughs> eighteen months later, and you're like, holy cow! And again, there's things that yeah. have been out of their control, right? And, right, and you, right. they can't control that. They want to put, you know, a mask on you like you're from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome and put you in the Retribution or the... Oh, you re- T-Bar. Was it Retribution? Did I say that right? It's been a long time since we've discussed Retribution. Retribution, so yes. I, yes, I apologize. Or that Retribution weekly segment long since passed. Right. Um, I feel like there was one other person on Raw. I'm just... Oh, Austin Theory. Um Theory, you know, gets drafted to Raw and seems to be doing a little bit of a different character than he was doing in The Way, which I like, because in The Way, he was very much the comedy, you know, fodder um, with Johnny Gargano and and a lot of questions about where Gargano's headed in the next, in the future as well. His contract apparently also not uh, long for this world. Um, A little surprised to not see him get drafted, to be honest, although that also, to me, leads credence to the idea that he doesn't have a very long contract left. Um, and if they haven't been able to resign him, then you're not going to move him up. Why bother? Um, uh, but uh, Austin Theory, I think, uh, you know, Theory's been considered a future 
top guy since he came into Evolve um, and, and since he's been with WWE as well. So I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, he had that cup of coffee with uh, Angel Garza and Andrade, um, most Angel Garza, uh, back right at the beginning of the pandemic uh, time frame, back in the no fans in the Performance Center with the, well, I'm sorry, one big fan. But um, anyways, uh, at WrestleMania, yes. I mean, he had a WrestleMania match. Austin Theory has worked WrestleMania. It happened to be the least attended WrestleMania ever in history, but that's not his fault. Um, so I, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Austin Theory. Uh, the fact that, was it Ray that he dropped? Jeff, Har- Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy, which Hardy's moving on. So, okay, you know, um, Hardy's moving on, and Hardy was scared of Brock Lesnar. Not a good look for Jeff Hardy, but anyways. Although Jeff Hardy also talking about how he might have more of an ego and more of a so I don't know if we're going to get heel Jeff Hardy here. It seemed like maybe that was coming when he beat Cross the very first week with Cross and put his feet on the ropes. I don't know. Maybe an edge to Jeff Hardy will be interesting on SmackDown. I know I'm jumping all over the place. But the piece that uh, – so you and I talked about the roster is not taking effect until October 22nd, uh, which also happens to coincide with the fact that tonight on SmackDown, we start the King of the Ring. Uh, love us in tournaments, Tom and I do. So King of the Ring and Queen's Crown. Wish they would announce the full brackets, and maybe we'll see those tonight on SmackDown. But uh, they haven't announced the full match, the full brackets yet. They have announced, however, the first Queen's Crown match, which is Liv Morgan uh, against Carmella. Because uh, we haven't seen that 900 times. Um, They're going to settle their feud here in the Queen's Crown tournament. That's they could, and uh, I'm trying to remember. Live, they both are going to Raw, so we'll see that again. Um, but uh, in the first King of the Ring, uh, first round match, Sami Zayn takes on Rey Mysterio. I said Dominic when we Tom and I were before we recorded, it's Rey Mysterio and uh, Sami Zayn in the first King of the Ring match. Uh, don't know whether these are eight person or 16, I'm guessing they're going to be eight person tournaments because we have to get to the finals at Crown Jewel, which is only a little over a couple of weeks away. So we got to move pretty quick through these tournaments. So I can't see them being 16, which I hate. I wish they'd be 16. But why would we plan ahead enough to run a 16-person tournament that we could have started three weeks ago? Um, Sorry, I'm asking too much. Queen, King of the Ring, um, we don't have the field, so it's a little bit hard to predict, Tom, but... I know you have a thought on who could be Queen Queen's Crown. I'm sorry, she's not Queen of the Ring. Queen's Crown winner, uh, and I like your thought. Uh, but any thoughts early on who Queen's Crown winner or King of the Ring might be? That sounds weird to say Queen's Crown. Yeah, so I, I think this is an awesome opportunity, uh, bottom line, for WWE to bring a talent up. Or, or to reestablish a talent. So for the, what for these the tournaments should be for. Right, right. So the idea is you're you're helping to make someone or or re- renew or rejuvenate someone. So my pick for my my pick or my wish for Queen's Queen's Crown would be Shayna Baszler. I, I've really enjoyed the way they've booked her recently. Again, as I've stated very clearly and loudly on this podcast before, I had been kind of disenfranchised from watching the WWE product. The draft happening Friday of last week, Monday of the following. Uh, got me to watch some more. I actually watched the entire episode of Raw this week and, and I didn't go, I hated that. I, I, I also didn't go, I loved that, but it, it was it was it was what it was. In that though, I, I, I was able to catch up on the story they're telling with Shayna Baszler being just again this this beast and this you know this limb taker if you will. I think this is an awesome opportunity if she can 
have a really strong, decisive tournament and come out in the end. She's already the queen of spades, so why not being queen's crown? I think that'd be awesome. And and then not only that, because she's going to then retain herself on SmackDown, she sets herself up as a strong challenger, perhaps, for Charlotte Flair, if Charlotte Flair does do a belt swap. She's doing a belt swap. Um, <laughs> I, I I like Shayna a lot as a pick there. The only other person I could see, and maybe it's the finals, and again, I'm staying on the SmackDown side, is they seem to be wanting to do something with Naomi. Uh, the the uh, situation she's had with Sonya Deville over the last number of weeks. And honestly, if you look at that SmackDown side, she's probably your top babyface on the women's side right now, at least where people sit as far as heel babyface right now on SmackDown. So um, I could see Naomi or, or again, maybe Naomi and, and Shayna as the finals. That would be interesting. One thing I think is interesting, and I almost said this before we recorded, and then we said, no, wait, let's click record and stop having a podcast episode that we're not recording. Um, but... Uh, is we're going to have at least two women's matches this time in Saudi Arabia. Of course, it was a big thing uh, a number of years, a couple of years back, uh, when Alexa and Sasha, I believe, had the first um, women's match in Saudi Arabia. Does that seem right? I know Alexa was one of them. Natalia seems like the other, yes. Natalia? Natalia. Yeah, I think it was Natalia, not Sasha. Um, This time we're getting Becky, Bianca, and uh, Sasha in a triple threat for the women's uh, SmackDown women's title or raw women's title. We don't know whatever it's going to be called. And uh, then we also have at least this queen's crown tournament final as well. Will Charlotte Flair work Saudi Arabia? Be interesting to see. Uh, Please don't let Charlotte Flair win the queen's queen's crown. Please don't do it. Don't do it. WWE. I know you're thinking about it, Vince. Don't do it. I know they listen. No, they don't. Um, On the men's side, I think it's interesting because I don't see anybody in that spot or like Shayna is where, where I think you could really elevate somebody or somebody's ready to be elevated uh, unless it's like a Finn Balor or something like that. Uh, the two names that are popping to my head and I'm popping over to raw on these, maybe because I think one will be SmackDown, one will be raw, but that may not happen either. Um, I think Bobby Lashley could win King of the ring. I think that could be, and just keep reestablishing him and keeping him strong. Um, or Seth Rollins would be my other thought. Because I think Seth Rollins as King in this maniacal, like psychotic, whatever he is right now, could just be kind of entertaining. Um, but I don't know. What are you thinking on King of the Ring, Tom? Well, I definitely agree with you that I think that if if my pick on Shayna is right, that having a SmackDown winner and then the other one being a Raw winner makes the men's winner here come from Raw based on what we've discussed. Um I, my first thought was Keith Bearcat Lee, because I think that that would be, be a, a, a great opportunity, you know, to have him come back up. Um, the other, so if I heard you correct, and, I, and this makes sense to me, the finals for these are probably going to happen in Crown Jewel or at Crown Jewel. I think I've heard that. Yes, I think okay. so. Okay, so so not to take away your thought about Lashley, because I think that's a good. Uh, it would make a lot of sense. He's actually already aligned oh, yeah. with Goldberg. They have a no-holds-barred match. So um, the other guy on Raw that could be great would be Austin Theory, but I think that it might not fit with what we think we saw of his character on Monday. Um, Here's one thing I hope we get resolved, and this would just be, again, good storytelling in my opinion. Nakamura needs to be part of the tournament, but let him lose in the semifinals perhaps so that way he's no longer king. He can't claim that anymore. Then he sets up a, a, a challenger for the Intercontinental title 
when this is all said and done. So, um, yeah, I like your idea of Rollins though too. I think that could that could really although, like give him some more boost. It, it could, although to go back to your point, I think we're getting Rollins Edge at Crown Jewel as well. Um, so that's that's a good good point I hadn't considered. Should have um, again crackpot research teams. Um, what about, hey, what about King Carrying Cross? King Carrying Cross, you know, Tri- King Happy Turban, Madcap Moss. Uh, you never know what could happen. Um, Vince Veer. loves alliteration. It's Veer. That's what we're doing. It's going to be King Veer. Oh, uh, boy. Um, I don't say about Keith Lee, and I thought about him. Only put him in the tournament if he's winning it. Yeah. Yep. Don't beat him right now. It, 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 don't do it. You got a little time. You don't have to beat him right away. Even if even if it's a flash roll up because somebody uh, you know interferes and creates a program for him, don't do that yet. Just don't do it. So, just my opinion. His first program should be somebody he's just killing. Like he doesn't need an actual feud where somebody gets heat on him yet. You'll get there. You got time. Another month or so. You'll be a m- month or two. But let him just kill people for a little bit. <clears throat> um, so that's my him first. right. Yeah, reestablish him first. Yep. Anything else on Raw, SmackDown, draft related? No, and again, but to your to your comment, I you know we we both are huge tournament fans, so excited to see how this tournament shakes out. It's giving me more motivation to want to tune in and watch again. It's yep. all on DVR for me because of just the season of of, of life that we're in. Um, but I do I do look forward to watching it, and I've been doing really well for the most part in staying off social media and avoiding you know getting spoiled by stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm I'm the same with you. It does make me more likely to at least watch parts of SmackDown and Raw. Um, there might be parts that I fast forward through if I just think they look stupid um, or something, but it does give me more uh, impetus to do that. Let's move over to Ring of Honor just for a minute. Uh, Jonathan Gresham made an announcement on Monday that he is leaving the Pure Division and has applied. And on Tuesdays, week by week, they announced he has been accepted into the world title division, uh, Ring of Honor. You can be in one singles division, uh, which is kind of interesting and allows for storyline points like this. So kudos to them for giving a reason why he's moving on from the Pure title to um, the world title. He was put in at number four in the rankings. Uh, which means he can't chart chart uh, can't challenge. There we go um, for the Ring of Honor World Title just yet. So he has to win a couple of matches, maybe to uh, get him into title contention, which I think is good as well. They said that they put him at number four because of his dominance in the Pure Division. He had earned that right, which I think was good, but it didn't earn him the right to an immediate title shot, which I think is also good. Do you happen to have those rankings? Did you did you I capture them? Okay, I just I, I, want, I wondered I wondered who was above him because then I I wanted to kind of like fantasy book and go okay so that's the match that gets him into the spot. Brody King was one I know. Um, yeah, without looking, Brody King is Vincent in there because of the Vincent's in there. Yep, Vincent was title shot. Yep. Yep, Vincent was one of them, and I want to say the other. Uh, it's not EC3 because that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm not sure about it in front of me. Um, but uh, Vincent is the other one, um, is, a, is another one. So Gresham in the world title, you and I have had him pegged for a final battle uh, title shot. I think that definitely this continues that 
progression. I still think that's where we're headed for final battle. They have announced that there will be a final battle. They have not announced yet when or where or if fans will be available, uh, possible to come. <laughs> I like how you almost said available. Will available. fans be? Will fans be available? <laughs> right. I think they are. They're available. They'd like to come, um, but uh, will they be able to attend? Uh, they haven't said that yet. But they also have set up um, two three-way matches in the women's division that then those two winners will go on to face each other and that winner will then go on to face Roxy at final battle. So I do like that in the women's division, you're also giving us almost a mini tournament. I don't know if I'd call it a tournament. I don't know if we should score it as such in our fantasy wrestling league, but um, at least a spot on the line each time um, that uh, potentially you have somebody who has to win two matches to get to that uh, world title match at final battle. So I like that on the women's side as well, but Gresham in the, in the world title picture, I think is a long time coming. Uh, you and I had this pegged actually about a year ago um, and it just never happened. Uh, we thought it would end up being a kind of a title for title sort of situation, but they decided to go a different route, put the pure title on Josh Woods and let the pure division do its thing and move Gresham over. So, uh, although I did, uh, uh, did you watch the announcement video? I did, yeah, yeah. So I, when they teased when when they teased it, whenever they teased it, I was like, "Yeah, Monday at nine makes a lot of sense for me." And and I wasn't like I didn't tune in right at nine, but like I think within fifteen minutes, I was like, "It's ninety seconds long," you know. It, let, let me let me check this out. And then and then I think the other side of the coin, like, and again, so let me, let me close out by saying, Gresham Bandito. Hopefully, it is final battle. If they if. I could see Ring of Honor being very patient and waiting for the 20th anniversary show, which wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing because I think then it would maybe make fans hungrier for Gresham to un unseat Bandito because I do think that's what happens. Um, the other part of the, of, the, of the announcement is it appears that Josh Woods is now in the foundation. Yeah, which makes sense because he's the pure title holder. You know, they're purifying Ring of Honor. They're all of that. It makes sense. It get, also gives Woods a little more story than he has on his own. Um, and so he can get involved in in feud matches, in, you know, uh, faction warfare, I guess, for lack of a better word, when that stuff happens. Um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see who rises to, to get a shot, you know, at final battle. Uh, to the, the pure title right now. I remember, I know Brian Johnson is the number one contender because he won that pure gauntlet. Um, whatever Johnson's getting beat. Um, he's not winning the pure title right now. I like Johnson a lot, but he's not winning the pure title. Um, he'd be a great TV champion down the road. I think actually, because he can talk so well and, and he's not bad in the ring. I think he'd be actually a really good TV champ down the road, but um, he's not winning the pure title from woods. I, I think it'd be interesting to see. I would, I would like to see honestly, I could, if he wanted to go into the pure division, Chris Dickinson in the pure division, who can really wrestle very well. Yes, he does the violence stuff too, but um, is a really good wrestler. I, Dickinson and Woods could be really fun to watch. Uh, I don't know if they can build that for final battle or not, but it would also play into the whole violence unlimited foundation thing now, since Woods is in the foundation. So, yeah, be interesting. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, Tom, we have a couple of minutes left, so maybe we'll hit a few of these. Uh, you don't know what's about to happen other than I told you this might happen. Um, in that I, uh, I I, was looking for a little bit of a, eh, what can we do that's a little different? And I thought, well, if we've got some time, I'm going to do something called Tom's Topics. And you're welcome to uh, flip this back on me sometime in the future, Tom, uh, since, you know, you didn't know it was coming. Um, but not really word association. Don't want to steal uh, our 
our friend Jeff's uh, Thunder over at the Honorable Mention. I know he does a word association when he has guests on, uh, but kind of similar to that. So I'm going to throw a topic to you, Tom, and just kind of first thought, you know, and it doesn't have to be just one word. If you want to expound on it all, you can. That's fine. Um, and maybe I'll share my own thought, too. I haven't really given these a lot of thought. I just kind of jotted down a few different things and we'll see what happens. So I got a little ticker called Tom's Topic across the bottom for those watching on YouTube. And uh, your first topic, Tom, favorite tag team of all time. That's very tough. That is very tough. I, I don't know that I can land on one. I think that my love of tag team wrestling has evolved over the years. And there's always been teams that have been like favorites in the moment or favorites for a season. If you had to press me down, if you were like, you know what? Your life depends on this. If you do not answer. It's not going to be that important, for the record. No, no <laughs> life threatening going on here. So also, this is the last episode of Two Spot Monkeys because I'm not going to be able to answer and then I'm going to die. No. Uh, <laughs> um, it's not that serious, Tom. Hold on. <laughs> so as a, as a youth, I always really, really loved Demolition and the Heart Foundation. So when they had their match at SummerSlam 90, and that was kind of at the end of the run when Axe was on his way out and Crush was getting involved, but it was the two out of three falls match. That match will always have a special place in my heart. I don't know that it's like a great match. I think it's probably, you know, three, three and a quarter stars or whatever, maybe just a hair under three stars. Who cares? I enjoyed it, and that's what matters. Um, but but Bret Hart has, has, is a top... 10 top five perhaps top seven wrestler for me of all time so bret hart in the heart foundation um i'd say heart foundation probably number one nice i'm a road warriors guy but i agree with you it does evolve over time too because many of the other tag teams i've liked are very very different from the road warriors so yeah and when i think that talking about tag teams i mean you know you look at now and today like you know if someone were to answer this question they had been a wrestling fan for 40 years uh, and they said, well, it's the Young Bucks. I wouldn't have a problem with that because I think the Young Bucks are amazing, and they've actually been able to be the consistent tag team for the last 15 or so years. And then also tag team wrestling changed. Like tag team wrestling was a big deal in the 80s and early 90s, and then it wasn't so much. And then it's never been a big kind of priority for Vince and WWE for the longest time, which is kind of weird, but it's his. that's his prerogative. Right. No, absolutely. And and then you look at other companies where they've tried to make it a real focal point. AEW, for instance, um, has a stack tag division, um, crazy stack tag division. And uh, and Ring of Honor has made it a, a real focal point in the past as well. And, and other companies, even even New Japan at times, the tag belts have been very, very important. Um, I don't know if they really, I, they're important now, but are they quite the level they maybe once were? I don't know. But um so yeah, tag teams. I like I said, I was a big Road Warriors guy. The Rockers, um, the Midnight Rockers, because I watched the AWA back in the day. That was one of my early uh, intros to wrestling. Was the AWA when the Midnight Rockers were there too? So the Road Warriors had an AWA run, correct? They did. That was a little before they were in, in NWA WCW when I first started. But. Okay, I, I was wondering how your intro to them was because see, my intro to them was Legion of Doom. So I had okay. no clue about the Road Warriors and their history until uh, later, right? So like, so it's like a kind of like I I I had the meal before I knew the recipe, if that's a good analogy. 
Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I had seen him in, in NWA WCW when they, uh, you know, when they turned on dusty roads and, and all of that kind of stuff. That was, that was me. Uh, I'm not, I've got different order to this, but uh, I'm going to jump to this one. Favorite wrestling figure you own. Wow. That's good. Uh, it's, and I won't answer this question yet because I'm going to tell you the story. So I, I, I mentioned to you, and I thought we mentioned it here last week. Um, it might have. It was last week because it was last Thursday. My brother came over and brought me Luchasaurus, and in that yes. conversation, we were talking about our youth for a few minutes when we were catching up, and we were talking about. You know, he goes, "You know, I, I've gotten out of buying figures because I'm focusing on Funko Pops." He goes, "But I kind of do want to get and find some of the LJNs or some of the Hasbro's." And the reason why that got brought up is because I told him about the Cody LJN style in the AW line, and then I said that Darby was the one that follows. And he goes, "I'm going to have to get those." Um, and I was telling him, oh, yeah, I was at an antique store up in, up in northern Michigan this summer, and they had some really worn LJNs, but they were not not expensive. And if we weren't running out of time with our parking meter and we didn't want to get a ticket, I would have spent more time and perhaps even walked away with one. I didn't, but I'm confident they'll be there when I get back up north. Uh, so all of that being said, I, it, it, that conversation went and, and navigated and traversed because I know you own an LJ and Ricky Steamboat. And I was making the connection for my brother about the value and the importance of that figure for you and where that is kind of in your man cave for lack of a better term. Uh, gosh, I don't, I don't know what my re- favorite wrestling figure that I own is. I, I, I don't. And so here's the thing I, I have, I want to say I have the entire Jack Pacific classic wrestling figures line there's probably a handful of guys i don't have but i had i had opened them all up so like and the, the one i the one that i didn't retain because i was able to sell it and and, and get you know money and value back was the mail away like super strong machine hulk hogan that that was a, like you had to collect like a number of upcs and do all this you know kind of gimmicks which, which is kind of the fun of collecting right if you're going to open figures and let them breathe and then you can get something and send it in and get something back. It's kind of like the, the mail away factor, which I know was big in, in the eighties and maybe early nineties. Um, so that line is a huge favorite of mine. Um, so I don't know that there's one figure in that I had to go grab the bin and pull them out and look at them. Um, but that's that, I mean, that, that's kind of really where, um, you know, I, I was big into Hasbro's. I then gave them to my cousin, like an idiot when I was a teenager. And then those probably I ended up at a Goodwill a long time ago. Hopefully someone still has them and they're not in disrepair. Uh, but then getting back into the classic superstars line, um, I worked really hard to to get many of those. And there's and guys that stick out like One Man Gang or Akeem or Kamala, just kind of those fun big, the bigger than life uh, characters from the '80s stand out. But I wouldn't necessarily say that that's my favorite figure. I think they're just really cool. Yeah, no, and there's some great. Um, I didn't know that you had all of those actually, but uh, there's some great uh, figures from that line. Um, some of those bigger guys, <laughs> they're like grossly obese. Like they, the body shape on those bigger guys is really bad in the classic line. But um, but the rest of it, the, the deco and the, and the face and all of that, I think are really, really good, which is part of why I've been excited since Jeremy Padauer was the one in charge of that line. And I was in charge of Jazzwares with AEW. Um, I've been excited about some of theirs and some of their, Legends figures that might be upcoming, obviously Owen Hart upcoming, Sting. Um, you know, do we get a Taz? Do we get an Arn Anderson? Do we get a Tully? All of those kinds of things. Uh, yeah, mine's probably either the LJN or the Hasbro Ricky. Uh, the Hasbro I have on card, uh, Mint on card. 
uh, the LJN, I, I don't because I just don't have that much money to spend on a wrestling figure at this point. Um, so he's loose. But other than that, uh, yeah, it's my Ricky collection. I still have a couple more Rickies I need to get to have one of all of his figures. But uh, the ones I don't have are, are not cheap currently either. So uh, that's that's why I don't have them. Uh, last question, because I know we're up against some time here. And I think you might have had something like this on Jeff's podcast. I apologize if I'm copying a question, but it was something I was thinking about. Uh, wrestling bucket list item that you still hope to experience. That's awesome. Yeah. So again, I'm incredibly fortunate, I think. And and, and, I, and I owe a lot of that fortune and that favor to you and to other friends that I've been able to make through wrestling because without our connections, I'm not at WrestleManias and I'm not at, uh, you know, WrestleMania weekends and other events that happen. I'd been to a Royal Rumble at Joe Louis Arena, which uh, is no longer the place that hosts Red Wings hockey. I'm trying to remember. I don't think they've imploded it yet, but um, that probably will happen in the future like the Silverdome did uh, in the Detroit area. I've been to two WrestleManias. I kind of kicked myself. I feel like when, when we were in Dallas a few years ago, I should have gone to WrestleMania and I had the opportunity to kind of buy a ticket that afternoon. I wouldn't trade the experience that we had with the, in, a, in a room with a bunch of guys watching that show. Um, but again, knowing that like I may not get to a WrestleMania in the future, again, it, it speaks to like just making memories in the moment. And, and I, that night would have been two different passive memories. One would have been live at AT&T in person and the other would have been what we did do. And I, and they both have value and one's irreplaceable. Um, so I'm thankful for that. I haven't been to a SummerSlam and I haven't been to a Survivor Series. So those would be fun. But at the same time, I don't, I would want to go to a Survivor Series like in 1989 or 1990 when it was team versus team. So strive to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that to me wouldn't, wouldn't, um, it, it would just be like, Oh, that's cool. Um, this might sound weird only because like, it seems like it should be something that can happen pretty quickly. I think right now for me, my bucket list thing is a getting to an AEW show. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know when AEW will run in Michigan. Um, they've been seeming to run larger venues. So that actually speaks to uh, some good opportunity. Uh, and again, it's always about timing. They actually, they just announced in the last week or so that, their WWE is coming here for a super show the night before my birthday in December. And they, I had a pre-sale opportunity to buy tickets Wednesday night into Thursday. They formally go on sale today. I'm not buying tickets. The venue that they're at is like a 10,000 seat venue. They're not going to sell that out. So I can literally walk up the day of the show if I decide to, when we get to that point and, and go. So I'm not worried about that. And as much as I'd enjoy being front row, I, and it's a super show, and that's cool. I just can't see myself spending one hundred and fifteen dollars for a front row seat for for that, right, right, right now, right now. So, um, yeah, I think it's AEW for me. Uh, and, and 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 to to make that even bigger, it'd be an AEW pay per view. And, and and you know, our listeners who know that I'm that I live in Michigan, they could be like, "Well, you idiot, Chicago ain't fall for Michigan. What's the deal? Go to all out, right?" <laughs> It's not that simple, right? When you have a life and a family and kids and a wife and, you know, I want for anyone who listens on my family back in that order, know that I didn't give that, you know, in any, you know, <laughs> chronological or order of importance. It just came out that way. Um, so, yeah, AEW. Tom's, Tom, sorry, Karen, in case you're listening. Um, <laughs> this is her number uh, one podcast on her feed. 
Absolutely. As it should be, uh, <laughs> you know, for me, uh, just without going too deep into it, it's, it's either AEW. I was thinking that same thing or PWG. I'd love to get to a PWG show someday. Um, you know, they, they seem to have after a, what sounded like maybe until the end of the show, not a huge return show. Um, although it got really big at the end of that show, then they, it sounds like they had a really good, uh, was it three Mendes here was their latest show. Um, haven't announced their next show yet, which I think is intriguing that they haven't at least put a date out yet, but, uh, PWG would be, they've always had a place for me, um, as far as, as wanting to see that live, um, and hard to get ticket. So, um, from what, what I know, so maybe a little easier in the bigger arena now that they, or the bigger theater that they use, but, uh, I would have loved to have seen them in Reseda, original, you know, the original yeah. building, even though it sounds like I might have lost 50 pounds if it was a summer show because it's hotter than blazes. But, hey, we've been to some Ring of Honor shows where I know I've lost weight, too. So I, I know we're up against time, but I do have to ask this question because it's it, it, you bringing up Reseda actually brings me to this space. Have you ever had a dream where you've been in a venue or in an experience that you've never actually had, but you've been you're so aware of it that you that you, you're immersed into it? And, I, and, I, and think on that for a minute, because I'm going to tell you why I'm asking. I literally had a dream that I was in a PWG show at Reseda, and I was walking around the venue. And I feel like I had that conceptualization of what it looked like and what it felt like and how my feet could be on the ground there because of all of the shows I watched and the atmosphere that was created. Yeah, I definitely have had dreams like that that feel very real. And um, I, I had a dream that I was working WrestleMania, that I was working WrestleMania, like I was in the ring. Um, and, you know, and I was like known and all of that stuff. Um, and I just didn't want to screw it up because it was WrestleMania. Um, so, yeah, I definitely know what you mean on that. And uh, and yeah, some, and I think part of why that felt real that, that day was because I've seen every WrestleMania and I know what that. And I've been to some WrestleMania, so I know that feeling. And I know, you know, I agree. When when you've, even if, I guess in that case, a little different because I've been to WrestleMania physically. Um, but yeah, you watch something. Uh, I've had dreams that I've been in TV shows that I've watched because I've watched them so much that, you know, I know the universe that it happens in and and what the the place looks like and what the house looks like or what the whatever. Yeah, I totally know what you mean on that. And um, So... Who knows? Maybe you and I will have to hit a PWG show together someday. So that'd be awesome. Nice so, if they ever toured and came a little closer to the Midwest. But that, that, yeah. would, that would be kind of cool. But but again, that's also kind of the aura of what makes them special. Because you have to, it's a destination. So you have to I don't know. As, as we close out, I'm not sure if I should refer to you as Jim Vision or Big Jim Stud. But either way, I think both are appropriate. Well, <laughs> thank you. That uh, that wor either works. Either either is fine with me. Um, maybe Big Jim Stud. I like that. Um, but. Uh, well, we are up against our time, so uh, next week sometime we'll be back with you, um, and who knows? At some point here, we're going to have some picks for Crown Jewel. we got to work on that a little bit on our own schedule um, to figure out when that'll happen, but we'll have some picks probably for you for Crown Jewel. Well, again, um, who runs a pay-per-view on a Thursday at noon Eastern time? Come on. Right, even from Saudi Arabia. And, and I think we'll just close out and leave you with the comment that was just left for us by our good friend Annette. Uh, she dreams about John Moxley every night, it says. So with that, everybody have a violence great night. Unlimited. Onto that? I just violence unlimited. Violence unlimited. That's right. That's right. It could be barbed wire. We don't know. So <laughs> everybody have a great day. We will talk to you again soon. Take care.